Hey, I'm Stephen McWhorter, and you are listening to Build the Kingdom Podcast. I have with me today Jordan Long, uh, who's part of the Disciples Christian Motorcycle Club. And you actually go by the name Golden Boy, right? Yeah, Golden That's Boy. That's such a cool name. I don't think I would have a cool name like that. I think <laughs> I would be like Chadwick. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I'm yeah. so glad you're here. We met recently. Mm-hmm. Like the Lord just crossed our paths because you were actually the national president for this motorcycle club, this Christian motorcycle club. Yep. And uh, I got to sit with you guys and have lunch. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't expect to show up to like eight people all wearing leather jackets <laughs> and stuff. I don't know what I thought, but um, they don't was, usually let me travel alone. So. Yeah. I love that though. Yeah. Um, community man. But uh, you know, I really heard a little bit of your testimony when we were together. Mm-hmm. You know, you were brought up in this world that a lot of people just think is just lost, right? And, um, you know, God's using you in such a big way now. He's using this this club in such a big way now. And so what I want to do is I would just love for you to first just share your own story about, you know, your childhood, how you got saved. Mm -hmm. And then I want to talk a little bit about what God's doing with this, honestly, I hate to say it, ministry. I don't hate to say it. What I mean is it's like... That sounds kind of, oh, what's that mean? Are you a church? You're the church. Right. But what I wanted you to do is talk a little bit about what God's doing with For sure. the disciples. Yeah, first and foremost, uh, my father, um, he was a part of the top five largest motorcycle clubs, you know, yeah. uh, which we call the 1% world. Yeah. Um, the media. Now, what, why do you guys call it the 1% world? So it's a it's a long history goes back to the AMA the American Motorcyclists Association. Okay. So there's a lot of history packed into the term one percent. Like uh, they started regulating all the races and all these rules and everything. And okay, you know the one percenters are like we make our own rules. They uh-huh. got out of the American Motorcycle Association. So we could yeah okay we could do a whole separate well, no, podcast i just, just needed i was just like one percent what does that mean yeah uh and i've heard you say a few times all you guys and i was mm-hmm. like okay i should probably just ask the question <laughs> what does that mean um but yeah but go ahead so you were brought up kind of in this world and when you yep. say the top five you mean like largest like largest and you yeah. guys could go google it and figure out mm-hmm. what we're talking about here yeah. because you can't really say yeah the what media it calls it outlaw motorcycle gangs you right. Know, it's not necessarily that, but um, it's not far from it at times. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. It's it's probably it's, not the safest environment to be in. Yeah. Let's put it like that. Yeah, it's definitely not safe. Uh huh. And you were as a child, that was what you were brought up around, right? Mm-hmm. Until you were what? How old? Uh, basically my whole life. But uh, but with your like dad and stuff um, yeah. around your parents and stuff around that world as a child. Yeah, in the early 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 twenties, you know, about twenty twenty one is when I started in the my own club. Uh, okay. As a, a member of a, a motorcycle club. Right. You know, it wasn't the top five. It wasn't a one percent club. It was just a, I guess you call secular motorcycle club. But right. That's where I got into um, meth and cocaine and pain yep. pills and alcohol, you know, you name it. So also started dealing, you know, back then. Sure. So that comes, imagine comes that comes with the territory. Yeah, sometimes. yeah, I can't imagine. And of course, yeah, I can relate to all that. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I won't get on anything without doors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not tough, man. <laughs> um, yeah. I think I would have knee pads and elbow pads on if I was on a motorcycle with you guys. I would I not look cool. They won't do you any good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know. I went um, through a pretty bad wreck uh, 
March of 21. Yeah. Broke several large bones and oh gosh, got I'm glad couple, you're okay. Couple titanium uh, rods and screws. And, oh man, yeah. Okay, so that just confirms my fear. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. So tell me, tell me. So you were brought up in this, and I guess she said you kind of got. You didn't see your father after nine years old, was it? Did somebody yeah. said nine yeah. years old. Your your father basically disappeared from your life. Correct. Yeah, my well, it was my mom's choice. Sure, she wanted me to stay away from him. So, um, smart mom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my uh, so I was exposed to the motorcycle club world on the Christian side as a very young child. Okay, because you know um, it's it's weird because my grandparents, my grandpa was a uh, a founder of the Motorcyclists for Jesus Ministries. And so they would take me to these big motorcycle rallies called like Easy Rider Rodeos. And there's several different names that you can go to um, that would just be thousands of motorcyclists coming together for these big drunk fests and, you know, <laughs> craziness. And right. They would actually set up booths and hand out Bibles and wow. try to pray for people. Did Did they... I would imagine you'd face a lot of ridicule or maybe just be some ignored. No, by actually, a lot of people. in fact, the opposite. So okay. It, it seemed like every time they got their booth, it would either be directly across from one of those top five clubs we we're talking about in their Why? booth or right next to them. And my grandma would be the crazy old lady taking a bowl over a bowl of candy over there and be like, Hey, <laughs> you guys need some of this to sweeten you up a little bit. They're like, Oh, thank you, ma'am. You oh, know, I love it. Man. Yeah. I, I mean, the, that. The, the guys in these clubs, they're not, they're not terrible people, you know, they're it's actually just like any of us Yeah, without Jesus. It's like mm -hmm. who you really are. People you in don't the world know. do bad things, you know? Yeah. But who you really are, you don't know yet without yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And I think it takes somebody like your grandma mm -hmm. to go, I see who you could be. Yeah. You know, that's the hard part because yeah. for the world, they look at a motorcycle gang or whatever you want to call it, you know, yeah. like the world sees it. And they just see a bunch of scary people they right. need to stay away from. Yeah. But the Lord sees sons and yeah. daughters. All of us in the motorcycle club world, we're actually looking for the same thing. Right. You know, we're all looking to fill a God-sized hole in our heart. Mm -hmm. And we try to fill that hole with everything but the Lord. Yeah. And so we're all looking for these counterfeit gods and counterfeit things that will fill this hole. And, um, you know, you never find it. You keep moving on to the next thing. But you never truly find what fills that void until you accept Jesus. So you, in in early 2000s, you join your own club, mm -hmm. and you're in addiction. You're in a lot of stuff I'm sure you can't talk about. Yeah. But um, people can imagine. What, yeah. what brought you to the Lord? So, oh. <laughs> no, we'll good. let it out. You're good. Um, Maybe I'll I keep was, that burp in there. I'm just going to leave it awesome. I'm just going to turn it all break the way it, up. Turn, yeah, break the ice a little bit. So we, uh, yeah, I was, my drug of choice was methamphetamine. Like, yeah. I just loved it. I loved the crush and snort it. I don't want to get into the details of that because uh, you start reliving that. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. know. I loved it. So I was on a 13-day bender. Mm. I hadn't slept in 13 days. And uh, I was hallucinating, like, mm. seeing demons, like, hearing voices, all the crazy stuff, you know. And I had got a contract to do a job, things that I did on the side. Mm -hmm. And it was a job that went south and uh, did some things that for the first time in my life, I actually felt remorse for, mm -hmm. you know, and I got back to the house. It was about two o'clock in the morning. 
I had a couple of sacks of meth in my pocket. I just started crushing up lines, storing it. And I think I went through about two packs of cigarettes within, you know, a three, sure. yeah. three hour period, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so the more drugs I did, the latter these voices got like the visions and all the craziness was happening. Yeah. I felt like I actually, at one point felt a snap where I thought I had just completely lost my mind. Like it was yeah. no coming back from it. I had my 357 revolver laying on the workbench in my shop and I saw it laying there and I didn't know what else to do. I've never been like suffering with depression or had suicidal thoughts or anything like that. It was just like this instant, like there was no turning back. I had nowhere to look to. I picked up the revolver, stuck the barrel in my mouth and pulled the trigger. What? And it didn't fire. Shut up. The hammer struck the primer and everything. Yeah, because I freaked out. I thought somebody talk was messing of, with my stuff. Talk about burying the lead. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Bro. Yeah. Okay. Go and on. So um I opened it up and saw that it was fully loaded. You know, the hammer had struck the primer and I like just freaked out some more, crushed up some more meth, snorted it, <laughs> smoking cigarette. I'm balled up in the corner of my garage, not knowing oh, what the heck gosh. just happened. And then about you know, an hour later or so, maybe two hours, whatever it was, I have no clue like what time was in that, in that moment. But yeah, I get this message on Facebook and mm -hmm. it's a lady that I've known. I hadn't talked to her in at least five or six years since I was in high school. She was a praise and worship leader and um, had a relationship through her. They're like, the worst. Yeah. Through some, <laughs> <laughs> through some mutual friends and the messages stated, you know, Hey Jordan, what's up? Like, how you doing? And I'm like, what the heck? You know, why is this lady reaching out to me at now three in the morning? And uh, she says, you know, you're not OK. Like, what's going on with you? And she tries to video call me. So she video calls me and I answer and she's like, whoa, you know, I've got a mohawk. I've got my leathers on bags under my eyes. You know, yeah. She's like, what happened to you? Yeah. And I'm like, uh, you know, life, whatever. She's like, no, this isn't just life. Like what's right. going on? And uh, after a long time, you know, um, talking back and forth, she asked to pray for me. And I won't say exactly what I said, but. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, she, I was like, yeah, go ahead. You know, let's get this over with because I'm, I'm pretty much done with the conversation. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, uh, she prays for me. And as soon as she says the name Jesus, like the first thing that comes out of her mouth was Jesus. I became instantly sober, just like that. Like it was no. insane. And so Bro. I, you know, I freaked out. I'm like, what the heck, you know, what's going on here? And she just starts to tell me the gospel, you know, oh the gospel goodness. of Jesus. And, uh, I'm like, yeah, I've got no explanation for what has happened over the past couple of hours. You know, um, I end up telling her what had just happened, you know, with the gun, you know, oh show her the bullet goodness. on the video. Yeah. So she was on a mission trip in Costa Rica and the Holy spirit woke her up in the middle of the night and told her she had to get a hold of me. Yep. And so she reached out to me on Facebook Messenger. Dude. That's how we communicated. And, uh, yeah, she led me to the Lord that night. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm telling you what. If there's not somebody out there that didn't need to hear that, something's wrong. Yeah. Um, dude, that is incredible. Yeah. So, okay, here you are. Now you're you're, you're, you're saved. <laughs> you're like, saved, Jesus sober. is real. What yeah. the heck am I doing? But you're in the motorcycle, like, world. Yeah what's what's next did so, you end up yeah what after, brought you to um the disciples yeah after i got saved that night in the garage this was november of 2015 wow. by february of 2016 i was selling everything i had jumping on my motorcycle 
and writing the Florida to go to full-time ministry school. So I went to Orlando House of Prayer in Orlando, Florida, and did a nine-month internship with wow. those guys. Like, I had no clue. Like, I knew the Bible school stories, you know, as a kid, and like yeah. going to church with my grandparents and hanging out with them and stuff like that. But that just wasn't for me, you know. And so I, I needed to know more about what I devoted my life to. Right. So I just fully engulfed into 40 hours a week in a prayer room and, you know, ministry school and learning what Jesus was, wow. who he was, you know, and all these right. things. And so after I graduated from there, I did, I dabbled a little bit in some full-time ministry and I knew the Lord was going to call me back to this life to wow. reach my family, you know, my father. And, um, so I knew some disciples back in Ohio from my motorcycle club days that, you know, I seen them around the clubhouses. They would come visit my clubhouse and they were members of Disciple Christian Motorcycle Club. Right. My pastor, who I was helping form a new church, uh, he was my mentor coming through the program of uh, OHOP. He, uh, I was OHOP. Orlando House of Prayer. That's where I oh, went to ministry. Okay, school. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So uh, he's like, man, you need to start your own ministry, like motorcycle, like to do with the motorcycle community. And I was like, well, I know these guys back in Ohio. I was like, I'm mm. going to reach out to them. I had no clue how large of an organization it was. And so this was 2018. Right. Yeah. And so I reached out to them. They put me in the direction of getting hooked up with our communication, you know, regional point of contact and yeah. hooked me up with the guys in Florida. And then I just started pursuing with them, man. And then, uh, yeah. And so, now you're the national president. Now I'm the national president. What in the world, bro? <laughs> it's crazy. Only God writes these stories. Yeah. it's uh, It's been a journey because um, the day that I patched up, because you got to go through so patched up yeah you got to go through what does patched year. up mean for people listening yeah so you have in motorcycle club communities you have to earn your way to become a brother per se so gotcha. where you wear all of the patches on the back so you go through a prospecting period you know for us to be able to minister to the motorcycle club community we hold the same culture right it's just like when you go be a missionary in africa you've got to know and understand the culture to keep yep. you safe and all those things so we follow the same old school values of original, you know, MC culture. And so you have to prospect for a year. And so when I, when I came up, I went through the program, you know, we, we actually, it's a discipleship program, you know, it's right. a motorcycle club community, but we actually teach people, you know, the word of God, like our four legs is um, daily word and prayer time, worship music time, fasting and giving of your time, talents and treasures. And so yep. you actually have to go through these things to become a disciple within our club. That's awesome. You know, but um, the only person you have to kill is yourself. <laughs> that's right. You <laughs> got to die to sin, man. <laughs> um, Love it. Now, when you say like you guys adapt this culture, like you're going to all these things, mm -hmm. all these places, these dark places where they go, yeah. you're, you're just not drinking and probably not no. like doing all the stuff they're doing, but you're meeting them on their turf. We go into their clubhouses. Yeah. And you, yeah. you just love them, man. You we just, just love them. Yeah. You and know. you earn the right to be heard eventually. Mm -hmm. um, and you guys, you were telling me you have a, um, you have a, you have a shop that you guys use. That yeah, you're in able, Alabama. Uh -huh. Tell me about the the shop. <clears throat> yeah, so me and uh, Gene, he's the the president of our Alabama charter. Okay. We are doing a the R five hundred one C three. You know, it's all hand in hand with Disciple Christian Motorcycle Club. Um, their their five hundred one C three is called Freeman Ministries. So with Freeman Ministries, what we're doing is we're opening up a motorcycle repair shop 
and doing a biker church all in one. So mm-hmm. it's actually in a 50 by 50 barn where we wrench on motorcycles. There's oil, there's grease. It's creating a comfortable atmosphere for people to want to come, get their yep. bikes worked on, yep. and just hear about what the Lord's doing, right? Yeah. And so we don't charge anything to wrench on motorcycles. That's awesome. Yeah. Is that just donation? From just donation-based only. That people are, like, given to the ministry and yeah. what you guys are doing. So you yep. can just work on these people's bike. Mm-hmm. You get to spend time with them. Yep. Oh, man, I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. So it's donation-based only, and we... um the only thing that I ask is when they, if I work on somebody's bike is just let me share what Jesus has done in my life, Yeah, you know, and that's it. And if they want to take it further, I'll take them further. You know? And, and, uh, man, how cool. I mean, come on, bro. Um, and you guys, this, the disciples, you guys are, uh, international too, correct? Yeah. And yeah. we're in 26 different countries right now. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, um, when I go to South Africa, I'll let you know. Yeah. You got, you got some people there, right? We got some guys there. Yeah, that's what I want. I want to get a biker group, like, driving me around everywhere. Come on. Yeah, man. I've got their phone numbers. Wow. (laughs) Man, awesome. So tell me, (laughs) what what happened with your dad? Yeah, so that's where I was heading to, like, after I patched up. um, The day that I patched up, the the international president at the time was holding my patches. And he said that he felt strongly when I came into the club that if we if they ever sewed a cross on my back, that my dad would be led to the Lord as well. Okay. And two weeks later to the day, I got the phone call from my father saying that he had accepted Christ uh, the night before. Stop. Yeah. And so, Bro. <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> then, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it was been, there was a lot that led up to that, a lot of seeds planted, you know, conversations sure. with him and I and, he started acting, asking questions about, you know, like Revelation. He loved reading Revelation. He was reading the Bible. He gave wow. his life to the Lord. And then that following year at one of our events um, in Florida, Panama City, Florida, I had the opportunity to baptize him and his wife in the swimming pool. Oh, my gosh. Bro. And so he is now out of the organization, just living, you know, out of his club, uh-huh. uh, living for Jesus, man. He's uh, preaching the gospel, sharing, you know, sharing Jesus with people. I love this. This is what I love about Jesus. Yeah. Um, is that when he redeems us, it really is like a pebble in the ocean that becomes a tsunami of grace that just begins to wash over parts of our lives. We, we, we're not even thinking are possible. Right. And so it's not just about you. It is about you. Like he wants to save you. He loves you. But it's because when he saves you, there's this harvest from that right. you can't even see yet mm-hmm. you're just grateful to be sober right and be saved <laughs> yeah. little do you know he's like no i'm gonna go after your dad yeah i'm gonna go after his wife i'm gonna go after all these things that you thought were lost it's amazing bro that is so beautiful yeah well i think with that first off your story is surely gonna encourage somebody today <laughs> this is insane from the lord like literally stopping a gun from going off taking your life to literally redeeming your father and your father's, you and your father's relationship, all Mm -hmm. of that. Um, And to bring you to a place where you're the national president of one of the biggest Christian biker clubs in the world. And God is using you in such a powerful way. Um, Anyone listening, your destiny is important to the Lord. Um, I love this, bro. Hey, would you mind praying for people that are listening right now? Absolutely. Father, we just thank you for the listeners right now. Anyone that's hurting or broken or thinking that they're too far gone, just let the Holy Spirit come into their life right now and tell them that they're not. Just like the prodigal son 
We just want them to return to you, Father. Mm. We want them to come and get to know what's going to fill that void in their heart, no matter what they're trying to fill it with, whether it be drugs, alcohol, addiction of any kind. Nothing's going to fill that void like you, Father. Mm. We just ask that you come and fill that void in their heart and let the Holy Spirit fill them right now in Jesus' name. Mm. Father, there's anyone that's battling with suicide. I just ask that you tell them that they are worthy and that they are wanted and that they are loved. and They, they, they don't have to go through it. That you are there for them. You are their heavenly father. Whether they have a father or not, they do have a father. They have you right now. And all they have to do is ask you to come in. All they have to do is accept Jesus into their hearts. And Lord, we just thank you for the per- we thank you for the cross, Father. We thank you for the work that has already been done, the price that has already been paid. We just ask that you continue to pour out your spirit amongst everyone that's listening to this. And Father, if there's anyone that needs you right now, that they would reach out to Stephen McWhorter's uh, Facebook page. They would reach out to Disciple Christian Motorcycle Club. We've got people all over the world that's willing to share Jesus with them and show them the way. Yeah. Father, we thank you. We love you. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, bro. Well, until next time, I'm Stephen McWhorter and you've been listening to build the kingdom podcast. <laughs>